everybody, welcome to What Does the Bible Say About That? Uh, in this episode, Will and I, we're going to get into the topic of the spirit of man as distinct from the spirit of God and distinct from the soul of man. We're going to look at a lot of verses in 1 Corinthians 2, get actually Jude for a little bit, and some other verses actually throughout the Bible. So hope you guys enjoy. Um, I did want to mention briefly, we have a new Instagram account actually up called The Bible Podcast. So check us out, like us, and feel free to you know, send us a message. Let us know what you think of the podcast or if you have some ideas on new topics. We're always looking for uh, some feedback from our listeners. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Will. Hey. How's it going? going? <laughs> it's going good. Yeah. It's going pretty good. Yeah. I am... I am doing better, you know, some of this quarantine stuff has started to drop off here. Yeah. I mean, it's still intense, but it's dropping off a little bit and it's just kind of giving me some breathing room. So, yeah, that's good. Can't wait yeah. to do a a live episode or an in-person one soon. Be, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we should have one of those in a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Um should we jump right into it then, I guess? I'm so, ready. Well, that's good. That's all that matters. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna get talk about the spirit of man today, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the plan? That's the plan. Uh, okay. Why do you, what, yeah, like, I, I, th- I think it makes sense to talk about this. You know, I, I was thinking, I realized, you know, we did talk about man at one point. Right. Like, um, a year ago, maybe. Like, what does the Bible say about man? But, you know, I don't think we really talked about the spirit of man in a full way mm-hmm. in, in the sense of like how it applies to us and how we how we become spiritual men. Um, so I guess that maybe maybe we'll emphasize that more. Yeah, because we'll, we'll fly through, I guess, some of the verses that talk about the spirit of man. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, hopefully. Yeah, I think there's a lot there to talk about that we didn't hit last time. So right. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's a good thing to point out because we are going to be honing in on a specific part of man. So if you want to, yeah. you know, if the listeners want to get more info on this or on man in general, then yeah. the podcast on man would be a good one to reference Yeah, um, exactly. to hit some of these other parts. But yeah. Yeah. But this, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to talk about this because we just did a series or just two two episodes on on the spirit in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we and we did talk about the spirit of man briefly, kind of distinguishing it right from the spirit of God, right? Um, in the first one, but yeah, like how do we relate to the spirit of God today? Is kind of the reason why we're getting into this. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I guess yeah. Go ahead. Well, go. I was gonna say I just think yeah, this topic is super interesting and i think it it does for sure follow what we've already talked about because it hits some pretty age-old questions about why man exists what is Mm man Um, right yeah i mean those are things that psychologists philosophers they've tried to answer this question of you know consciousness and morality and like all these really high questions yeah and just from what I, you know, have gathered and have researched and some of my own experience, the spirit of man answers these questions. Totally. In a way that kind of doesn't make sense sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, how do you necessarily explain 
why man exists. You know, it, it's almost like an experience that we enter into. Uh huh. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's an intimate question because it's it's not we're not studying a foreign creature. Right. You know? It's like we're studying we study the oceans, we study space, but you know, nobody can figure out man himself. You know, exactly. like when we start looking within, that's the most mysterious thing, you know, <laughs> yes. of sorts. And how yeah, are we even true. able to look within? You know, like why right. no animal does that. No animal contemplates life and the meaning of it and yeah, totally. God and self, you know. That's what makes man special. So, so, I mean, yeah, I guess like just to briefly hit it, it's like Genesis one, God creates man and he says he's not his own kind. Mm-hmm. He's not like he, he, he stops the kind of the, the pattern. Like he created them according to their own kind, according to their own kind, according to their own kind. Reread Genesis one. It's really annoying. Cause he just keeps saying it, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. They're according to their kind, but he says it a million times to make a point. Oh, here comes man. Let's have our own little council here. Let us make man in our image right. and after our likeness. It's like, put the brakes on this whole creation thing and the regular way of doing it. I'm going to make something that's just like me. Um, and Genesis 2, he breathes the breath of life into man. And at that point, he put the image into man. Mm-hmm. He put, that's like, Genesis 2 is kind of a, a detailed record of what happened in uh, what was briefly mentioned in Genesis one twenty six. Um, so Genesis two seven, him breathing the spirit of life into man, that is him giving him his image from one twenty six. Yeah. Um, and when he does that, I mean that that is what put what that breath is the breath of life that actually got into that clay man is that is the spirit of man. Right. And so that's Job. 32.8, I believe it says there's a spirit in man. Mm-hmm. The breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. So spirit of man, breath of the Almighty, synonymous terms used in that verse. Right. So Yeah, that's perfect yeah. to point out. I'm, I mean, Job is the perfect interpretation of what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, and then there's some t- two other verses in the Old Testament that are a little bit less about, like, the fact that man has a spirit, but it almost it's kind of like, okay, well, what does that mean that man has a spirit inside mm-hmm. of like God, I guess? Like what, why did God give man a spirit? We know that man has a spirit, but why? Yeah. Um, and so okay. um, two verses that I can think of, um, I guess we could just hit the first one first, is Proverbs twenty twenty seven, which says okay. that the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. Um. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I don't know about you, but to me, it's it's like that—that that is is a specific verse that shows the spirit of man is directly related to God, right? Um, the fact that God, in a way, utilizes man's spirit as a lamp, or yeah. uh, it, it even shows that, like, the fact that it says man's spirit is a lamp, um, just that imagery um, entails that a lamp is made to contain something and to magnify something. Right. And right. so if you just have a lamp without anything in it, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, fu- it doesn't function. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's a great point. Yeah. Like, it, cause it's like the spirit of man, it's, it's what relates to God is what we're saying right. here. Right. And anyone who interacts with God relates to God, he does it via his spirit. Like that's where man is born again mm-hmm. in John three, six, like that, which is born of the spirit is lowercase s spirit it's like the part of man that is born of the spirit is spirit and 
he who worships God must worship him in spirit, John 4, 24. So the spirit is like the part that God points to, to touch man, to interact with totally. man. The soul might magnify the Lord and praise the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, that it has the way to like, to, to express and to, to glorify, but it's the spirit that is the one who's directly fellowshipping with God. Like that's where the point of contact is. And then, yeah, yeah, I guess that's, yeah. Yeah. What, what is that? You just made me think, what is that verse in, is it Matthew? When, is it Mary who says with my Luke? Oh, it's Luke. Luke. Okay. What is she, anyway. I think it's Luke, Luke one, like 42, I believe. Uh-huh. Okay. And, yeah. and she says with my, with it's my soul magnifies the Lord. Yeah. And that's in the present tense. Mm-hmm. My spirit has exalted in God. So be, her spirit exalted past tense. It, it, it exalted. It got lifted up. It, it, it was in God her, it, in the past. And because of that, my soul magnifies the Lord. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, that's the relationship there. Got it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Did you have an, you had another right, verse? There, sorry. Right? Yeah. yeah. So this other verse, um, Ecclesiastes 3.11, this one's a little more, it doesn't specifically mention man's spirit. But yeah. I think just humanity's experience as a whole would relate this to man's spirit. So Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has placed eternity into man's heart so that he does not right. know, you know, things from beginning or end. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is like that whole, I think, I think if you just were to say it in that way, or maybe to describe it in such a way that's like, when you are laying in your bed at night or you're by yourself and you just have the question, what, why do I exist? What is my mm-hmm. purpose in life? You know, right. Like, what am I here for? To, to me, right. that, that Ecclesiastes verse, and I mean, really the whole chapter, if you read the full context, but it's like that verse really hits something deep within man that yeah. eternity is there. Um, right. And, I think it, I think it's good to just point out that that is man's spirit. Like that is the aspect of man that, I mean, if, if, if it's made to, if our spirit is made to contain God, which we kind of briefly just talked about, it would have to be eternal. That, that Mm, point, that mm -hmm. part of our being, because that's the only place God can dwell, which is very um, interesting to think about, I guess, just (laughs) that we have eternity in us. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's, I mean, yeah. Kind of what we mentioned at the beginning, like how we're different from animals. It's like, that's it. It's this eternity that's deep within us that longs for something eternal. And like, that's our purpose. Mm -hmm. The spirit is, is the kind of, you can call it like a, it's like the container. It's the place where God's going to come into, um, or that's what we're destined for to contain God. Um, as a vessel, we're described as vessels in Romans nine, second Corinthians four. Um, and so, yeah, it's like this eternal vacuum that everything else we try to fill it with doesn't satisfy. Mm-hmm. Like it's only God that can satisfy. Right. Um, but you know, I think it'd be good to, some people have the question. Um, if you listen to our man episode, you shouldn't have the question anymore. But we'll just address it real quickly. You know, I've heard spirit and soul use interchangeably. Um, like, aren't they the same thing? Why are y'all making a big deal out of this? Right. Um, well, I mean, the Bible makes 
makes it clear that they're different. First um, Corinthians five twenty three, Paul is addressing something with the Thessalonians, and he just talks about how God is going to sanctify man completely or wholly, um, and he says his spirit, his soul, and his body will be preserved complete at the coming of our Lord Jesus. And so, Paul breaks down man in his most basic element, which is he is spirit, soul, and body. Um, he's tripartite. He's not a dichotomy. He's not two parts. He's three. Like Plato would think two parts. It's like man is soul. And then he's also um, body, but no, there's like a third. And, and people have talked about that. There's like something deeper in man than just your mind. That's like something that, you know, contemplates things or, or, or has an intuition or it's like, there's something deeper than just the superficial soul, you right. know? Um, and so, yeah. And then Hebrews four twelve is the other key verse there where, um, it talks about how the soul and the spirit can be divided. Like the word of God is sharper than two edged sword dividing soul from spirit. So, um, you know, the verse isn't, I mean, the verse just shows that they're distinct and they're intimately connected to one another, but the word of God, actually part of its function is dividing it, making it clear what is spirit and what is soul. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Of if you do have more questions, maybe check back with that other podcast because this is depending on your circle of Christians that you surround yourself with. This aspect of your soul and your spirit being different. Um, I mean, it really depends on, I guess, the teaching because it is a. I mean, it is. Some people do teach that they're interchangeable, and it has been a controversy that has been, yeah. you know for centuries it's been a topic um and i mean if yeah if for sure if you do want to get into it more you know we're, we're not trying to use this podcast to really break down how they're different we mainly just want to focus yeah. on right the the importance the of yeah the importance of the spirit and so there there are some people yeah. like if you do uh, to me a, a big person who helped me get this understanding was andrew murray um he was mm -hmm. someone in the 1800s who talks about man's spirit and how it interacts with God. Yeah. I think, wasn't William Law one of the first ones to really talk about this? I, yeah, I think uh, so. I think so. Yeah. But I mean, there are many others like Jesse Penn Lewis and me, Barber, um, a lot of the brethren teachers. It was, it, it's, it's a, I mean, if you're going to just take the Bible for what it says, like those verses make it really clear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like the spirit of man itself though, um, we kind of already mentioned this, but we can just briefly hit the verses as well. It's like, that is where the spirit of God comes into you when you first believe. Um, so first Corinthians six seventeen, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So when he comes into us, he joins himself to our spirit and we become one spirit with him. And so like, that's actually where the, um, kind of the, the divine witness within that we're children of God comes from it. That's Romans eight sixteen. The spirit of God witnesses with our spirit that we are children of right. God. So, you know, if we we're when we're in prayer, when we're when we're considering, when when we're in our spirit, you can say quote unquote in our spirit, turn to our spirit. We're clear. God is here. Like I am a child exactly. of God. And Paul's blessing at the end of Second Timothy, at, at the very last book he writes, is the Lord be with your spirit. Like that is where the Lord is. And that's where the Lord should be. And that's where we need to be looking for him as he's with our spirit. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that was kind of uh, those exact verses were, were kind of the point of like, 
it's re- it's it's a little bit hard to explain this to someone who maybe hasn't experienced it or has questions about that don't yeah. believe in God really. It's I mean yeah. the the best way I think that I could phrase it currently is like you know with your body you can taste things, you can smell things and that's kind of how they become real in a sense. Exactly. And then with your soul um I guess it's similar, you know, we learn things, our mind can communicate with people, we understand things in some ways we know yeah. that we are, we, we exist. Um, mm-hmm. but then with the spirit, um, and maybe it would be a good point to talk about kind of what happened between Genesis two when God's, I mean, when, yeah, when God created man with the spirit mm-hmm. and then Genesis three, when man falls, mm-hmm. like I, I'm, I'm just a little bit curious. Um, how would, how would we describe what happens with that? Because it like it's right, yeah. right when man was created, he doesn't even really have a conscious, conscious really. No, uh, uh-huh. You know yeah. what I mean? Like conscience. conscience yeah, sorry. he has. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have a conscience. Like he didn't. There's no wrong <laughs> or right. Like that doesn't happen until after they had ate in the tree, and then it says like you know their eyes are opened, and then they start basically being ashamed of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, this this might not be, it's not super critical to, um, you know, argue or debate about like the exact state of Adam at the beginning, because um, uh, people can argue for days right. about that. But just generally kind of what the narrative is showing us is that he does have some sort of a fellowship with God. Um, but, it, you know, it's not quite like to where it should be, like he needs to partake of the tree of life and be made one with him, right. right? So there's still there's still something lacking, but he is fellowshipping with him in the garden in a general way. And clearly the spirit within him, that is like the dominant part of his being. He is living by his spirit. His spirit is controlling his soul and, you know, which then controls his body. It's like, that's how we, that's how we should function normally. So like we function, we have a fellowship with God that controls kind of what we think about, what we do, how we feel, that governs our person and then our body is just kind of like our slave to do things. It's like now we execute things because we've determined that in our being. It might sound really weird and mystical to like talk that way, but that just kind of logically, that's how it would work for Adam. Yeah. Um, and, but, but when he, when he falls and when he eats the wrong tree, he then hit his, um, he sees himself right? He, he stopped looking at God. He stopped um, having a, a fellowship with God and he's not looking at himself. Um, right. He sees that he's naked right. and he's condemned in himself and ashamed. His conscience is, is activated and active. Um, and then, yeah, he starts kind of living yeah, like that act was an act of independence from God, which is an act of like not living by your spirit, but living by yourself. Like your soul is your person yourself. Um, And then, yeah, kind of what happened there is actually then our ability to fellowship with God got cut off. Like, like the reason why the spirit is an an odd topic to a lot of people or sounds mysterious is because we just don't by nature know about it very much. That's not a, the dominant part of our being, our soul, our mind and our thoughts that controls just about everything we do. Like, we don't have a fellowship, a prayer life with God. Um, and, and I think for Christians too, a lot of times we're like, 
we touch it, like we, we get to our spirit, quote unquote, we, we have, we get to God, but a lot, if it's not defined, like that's what happened, that you got to your spirit, then it's kind of like a rare occurrence. Yeah. It's like I'm bumping into the light switch sort of, it's like, oh, that's, whoa, this is God. And, but then you're, you know, the majority of your time, you're just spitting your vain thoughts and your fickle emotions and your, you know, your, yeah, know, your weak will. No, exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think the, the, when you have that, if you do, if you have had that experience of God, I mean, I think most of the time it would be at our regeneration or when we confess our sins and we receive the Lord yeah. and it's like, we we could spend months maybe if not years trying to grasp at another experience like that and try to in mm, a, in a way yeah. even mimic it you know with music or trying to get in our environment or i mean yeah you know, I, I think it's like pretty important also to you know to realize that one when we do encounter that it's through our spirit when we do encounter god it's through our spirit and mm-hmm. to get it back we have to go back through our spirit there's no way that right. we can mentally think of God. I mean, mentally contact God or emotionally yeah. touch God. You know, I mean, not that those things mm-hmm. aren't involved. Paul makes that pretty clear mm-hmm. that he uses his mind to, you know, right. also interact with God. But, um, yeah, what's that verse? Actually, that's a great verse. First Corinthians fourteen. Yeah, I think so. Um, talks about his prayer, and yeah, verse fourteen in chapter 14 for if i pray in a tongue my spirit prays but my mind is unfruitful what then i will pray with the spirit and i will pray also with right. the mind or i'll sing with the spirit and i will sing also with the mind exactly yeah exactly yeah yeah i'm sorry to cut you no, off that's there okay. but that's a that's really helpful no, for sure saying. yeah um yeah okay before we move on i have i have just a few questions for you specifically reese because i have currently been reading a book um, that is, it kind of talks about just morality in a whole and kind of why people can be so different in their views of what's right and what's wrong. Like you can see this mm-hmm. through all, you know, world religion, you can see it through culture, you can see it through political differences, <laughs> even here in the United States. Um, yeah. and so my understanding, when you look at the Bible and you look at the Lord and you look at a Christian, it's like mm-hmm. our morals once you become a believer are based around if you're walking by the spirit or not, like that is God's view. If right. we wanted to like, this isn't, you know, it's not some blast that we need to act more like Jesus. We need to just walk mm-hmm. by the spirit because that is the highest level of any type of morality is Christ yeah. himself. Um, okay. Right. Sorry. So my question is before man is regenerated, and like, you know, all these people that are in the world mm-hmm. is it, what part of morality is, does it come from our spirit? Does it come from our soul? Mm. Is it a mix between both? Mm. Like, how do we, how, you know, because there's also people that are part of religions that, you know, meditate and claim to have spiritual uh-huh. experiences and are, are, you know, quote unquote at peace spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's an interesting question because it, you know, it seems clear that, um, you know, evil is a present reality. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think a lot of the world religions that are actively trying to, you know, be against evil, you can say 
what they're against is they're against their flesh. They practice asceticism and, you know, uh, rejecting the needs of like your body in a yeah. sense to, to attain to that level um, or that sense of, of oneness with the being or whatever it might be. Um, so it's interesting. It's like our flesh, like most would acknowledge that our flesh is bad. Like that's, that's wrong. Um, but there's something in our, in our soul, there's something like deep within that um, kind of seems to be a source of good, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I think for, Paul talks about that in Romans seven. It's like with my mind, right. I want to follow, right. The, right, the law right. of God. Um, but I find there's another law in my flesh that's working against me. So um, it seems as though morality is something that's in man. And, and I think based on kind of our fellowship from earlier, it's like, well, what makes man distinct and what makes man kind of according to God, it is that image that was breathed into him. Um, I, I think that that image isn't something outward so much as it is something of, you know, representing God's attributes, like of love and of, um, you know, peace and, and goodness and like all these things that like are, are his like divine attributes right. that he, he possesses, um, that was put into man. Um, you could say in a sense, the image was like slightly marred, you know, at, at the fall, but there is still this thought within man, like there is like a, a, a divine law in man, um, that corresponds to the law of God outwardly, like the law that was given to Israel. And so, um, like Paul says that right in, in Romans uh-huh. two, it's like they're, they testify of the law of God in their conscience, right? That the, the, the right. Gentiles yeah, do, yeah. Good point. Even though they don't have the law. Um, so it's part of something in the spirit of man. Um, and even when you don't have God, you at least know what you should mm-hmm. do. Like there's a, there's a, there's an inner knowledge of man that knows the things of man. Um, you just can't carry it out so much. Um, and so like, uh, and yeah, so I, I, for the most part, I would say morality systems tend to generally focus on the same things. I mean, if you're a materialist and you don't believe, I mean, and you're an evolutionist, like the, like the types of, um, you know, I'm not saying there's bad, there's not good evolutionists out there or, or naturalists, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, those are the philosophies that are allowed for something like Nazism or communism with Stalin to come about because it's like, we're casting off restraint, we're casting off these rules and it, it gives us ground to make a claim that we don't have to be, you know, moral in that sense. Um, I'm not, like I said, though, most people write right. that way, but it just gives, it gives ground to that kind of a philosophy. Right. Um, well, no, that, but, but yeah, like there's, well, I was go going to say that yeah. doesn't make sense. Cause actually while you were talking, I was also reminded of when Paul kind of talks about um, the Christians, some Christians, well, maybe this is jumping different because we're not talking about regenerate. We're, we're talking about regenerate people at that point, but okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, before I hit that point, I wanted to ask also like, okay. So you said that morality goes, it, it you, kind of, people can fall into somewhat of the same moral categories as far as doing right or wanting to do good kind of wherever they align themselves. Um, So we, I mean, we would say that that changes like when you're regenerated, you're in a sense, your morality or your ethics or however you wanted to say it, your actions start Mm. to change in the way you view things that are right in a sense or wrong or changed. Right. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. And you kind of touched on that with talking about Jesus. Um, I did want to hit this verse yeah. really quickly in 1 Corinthians 2.11. 
which says, um, who among men knows the things of man except the spirit of man, which is in him. In the same way, the things of God also no one has known except the spirit of God. And so that's kind of pointing to the same thing. It's like, there's something deep in man, deeper than the kind of superficial yeah, soul of, you know, just vain thoughts. And, and we're just, we're trying to survive here. We're doing our best. We get like, there's something deep within man that knows there's a purpose and there's a, there's a way to live and there's, there's something right. And I'll jump in front of a bus to save someone like selflessly because I know I should mm -hmm. like that sort of virtue does not exist in other creatures. And that's because we have this, the spirit deep within that knows the things of man. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, and then, and then kind of, so getting to regenerate people, I think it's important to talk about this. So in verse 14 of the same chapter, first Corinthians two, it talks about a soulish man. The, the literal Greek is soulish. A lot of people translate it natural, which is a proper translation, but I, I like soulish because it's emphasizing the fact that it's the soul that they're mm -hmm. living by. Um, but a soulish man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him. And he's not able to know them because they are discerned spiritually, but the spiritual man discerns all things, but he himself is discerned by no one. So it's, it's really mysterious actually. Um, you know, he's talking to Christians and he is accusing the Corinthians of being soulish men. Right. So being a Christian does not mean you're spiritual. Um, it does not mean you're, you're, you know, you're on a new level. It gives you the, the way to be spiritual, but a lot of Christians like the Corinthians, they were, um, soulish. Uh, they were living by their soul, their fallen soul, and just trying to do outward practices and good works. Um, but they weren't actually discerning the things of God. And, and so, yeah, I think like for regenerated people, the way we should live is as spiritual men having a fellowship with God and our purpose is to do the will of God. And so like Jesus talks about that in John seven. Um, sorry, I'm flipping here. Um, but he talks about like the words that he's speaking. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I think it's maybe verse. Oh gosh, I'm losing it. It's something along the lines of um, if anyone seeks to do my will. Right. Then he will hear. Do you know where that um, verse is? I thought it was also around John 7. Yeah. Well, I'm going to cheat here. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you've made it this far, you might as well just keep listening. <laughs> hey, here we go. Verse 17. <laughs> if anyone resolves to do his will, capital H, his, he will know concerning the teaching, whether it's of God or uh, I speak for myself. So <clears throat> it's resolving to do God's will like that should be our purpose it's like I'm not here to follow an outward law I'm not here to be a charitable person and try to imitate Jesus I want to know God's will and do it and like that's my new standard of morality yeah sense. yeah did that did that kind of make sense like the difference yeah there? no I think so for sure I think so for sure yeah because I, I, I was actually thinking about this and I don't want to throw us off too much because I think the and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the main point that or the, the the helpful point here with knowing that man has a spirit is realizing that we as believers need to progress in our Christian faith to become spiritual men. 
in order to understand right. the things of God, understand God's will and, you know, carry out his commission in whatever that may be, which we'll, we'll hit on in just a second. Um, right. Right. But like, so, so just a li- before that, I, I wanted to just talk about this cause I think it's interesting. Um, if you, yeah. So it's in first Corinthians eight and it's when there's okay. this talk about like, you know, some of the Christians wouldn't eat things because they were sacrificed to idols. Um, and I think you could also probably apply this to like when, when the Christians were also, I don't, I don't I, it might be in the same section, but when they were holding certain days above others, like celebrating holidays and such. Right. Um, but, but Paul says, um, I think it's 12, first Corinthians eight twelve. He says, and sinning in this way against the brothers and wounding their weak conscience, you sin against mm-hmm. Christ. Therefore, yeah. if food stumbles my brother, I shall by no means eat meat forever that I may not stumble my brother. Yeah. And so, like, to me, even though that, like, that just shows one, on the one hand, Paul is a spiritual person. He is totally right. outside this realm of, like, should I eat this, should I not? He's looking at the body uh-huh. and thinking, what affects the body? But yeah. specifically, my, I think I have, I just am curious, like, a weak conscience like the fact that we uh-huh. can have a weak conscience or someone can have a weak conscience. Like one, yeah. how does that happen? Two, can it be strengthened and does it need to be strengthened? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's an interesting verse actually um, in relation to this. Like we, um, we want to be spiritual men, like you said, and being spiritual men means being in a fellowship with the Lord and then coming to know God's will and his ways. Um, and so it, it does not mean I know the outward laws. I know I'm supposed to eat idol sacrifice or I'm not. And so I do one or the other. The point is like we are open to the Lord and we have a sense of what we should do within. And so for this brother, he might be a weak conscience, which means, you know, he isn't a strong spiritual man. He doesn't have these like this set fellowship and knows. He actually is just looking at the outward situation he has probably a background in idol sacrifices or he's a Jew and he's just no, used to his old carnal mm-hmm. law. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know, but, but the point is like, Paul is a spiritual man, like you're saying, and he's discerning this. Like you don't just say, well, this is the new principle in the world. You know, Peter said we can eat anything. So I'm going to eat right. this. And, you know, yeah, I hope you get better soon. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, uh, yeah. And actually I was thinking too, just in relation to our spirit topic, it's like Paul, the prior chapter, he's, he's giving his fellowship on marriage and he's saying, you know, I don't have a command from the Lord. I give you my opinion, but I believe I have the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And this is just a huge point. It's like in the old Testament to know God's will and to know God, he has to fall upon you and give you special revelation. Yeah. Right. Like the prophets, yeah. the Kings, um, but in the New Testament, he comes and mingles himself with man, joins himself to your spirit. And so if you are living in your spirit, living by your spirit, then your speaking can actually be God speaking. That, that, and that's not thus saith the Lord right. kind of speaking where I'm like an Old Testament prophet, which is like what a lot of charismatics do. It's like they, they look for the Old Testament spirit. They look for those kinds of experiences. Um, but the New Testament principle is no, you have the spirit dwelling in you. You should come to know him, grow in him, and you will become a spiritual person. You will be God manifest in the flesh to people. Like that, 
you will be a godly person. Like that is a unique New Testament term from First Timothy, like the mystery of godliness is because it's no longer God falling upon me. It's now me mingled with God and I'm becoming the same yeah. as him. But yeah, if you, if you fall into the category of, of outward practices and doings and don'ts, then you're soulish, First Corinthians 2. Um, and actually, I wanted to talk about this really briefly. Like, you know, Galatians 5, it talks about um, the battle between the flesh and the spirit, yeah. right? Um, I, I, it's interesting and to, to talk about this in, in relation to that, because our, you know, that's the battleground is the flesh versus the spirit. And is our soul going to be set on the things of the flesh or the things of the spirit? Um, and the things of the flesh there, it's interesting. It's not all like fornication and, and, you know, lying and all these things. It's like very, um, inward matters, uh, uh, I'm flipping here, um, but it talks about like idolatry and and uh, divisions and sects and um, uh, uh, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. It's like right that this is not just the physical flesh; it's actually the psychological flesh. It's like my bouts of anger that doesn't come from my body just reacting spontaneously. That comes from my frustrated mm-hmm, emotions mm-hmm. right um and so am i going to be with the spirit and walk by the spirit or am i going to allow these emotions which might be justified by outward religious things govern my being yeah. really um yeah so so yeah if you there's a verse in jude 19 where it talks about these people who are making divisions in the church jude calls them they're soulish having no spirit they're the divisive people, people who make divisions in the church are soulish because they, they don't know this principle of the body that is known from the spirit within. And they think, oh, I found a good biblical principle and I'm going to divide with my brother, like, because I found some cool knowledge, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Does that, does that make sense? Like, it's really mysterious, but it's like, it's a, this is the new principle we're to live yeah. by. No, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, there's, I, I've been pretty fascinated by how we can so quickly stray from being a spiritual man to soulish man. Like, totally. I mean, there's just so many people throughout history. Like recently I watched a documentary on Netflix about um, David Crash and his group that was in Waco. And, and okay. anyways, he was just so convinced about what he believed, which was totally, I mean, it was just totally whack. He called himself Christ, but he was just okay. so convinced that this happened and it took him. I mean, basically what I'm saying is he was not at all in the spirit. He was not at all a spiritual man, even though he was claiming yeah. to be. And I mean, that's obviously an extreme kind of like when we're talking about morals and Hitler and whatever, but we can, if we're not careful, we will, you know, slowly slip off into being soulish and causing divisions about things that the Lord actually doesn't care about or is not yeah. you know, happy about or, or whatever. That's not what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's really important to talk about. And, it, and it's not always that right. extreme. Yeah. Though, right. You know, like with, with the Corinthians, right. And first Corinthians one, I think seven talks about, they have all knowledge and they have all gifts. They don't lack spiritual gifts and they don't lack any knowledge. 
So yeah. for a lot of people, it's wow. like, oh, this is the epitome of a Christian. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Paul, but Paul calls yeah. them soulish in mm-hmm. chapter two, and he calls them infants in chapter three. And so it's like, that is not the epitome of, of being a Christian. Being a Christian is to be a, a or to, to be a grown Christian, to be maturing is to be a person who is lived living by and who's governed by his, his spirit, which is mingled with the divine spirit. Um, and so, yeah, that it, I think it's just really important to talk about this. It's like, it's not about my doctrinal knowledge. It's not about me knowing the verses or having my system, systematized theology or me being really powerful with the spirit. Like spiritual man means you're a person who is living in a constant inward fellowship with God. And so that's where actually kind of these principles of, um, you know, uh, I guess we can talk about spiritual warfare comes in. Like you should know how to wear, like, like when something happens outwardly to you, a spiritual man recognizes that actually this is not just that there's something instigating this. And that won't be your understanding. I mean, you might, if you, if you know that, because I just said it, or you read Ephesians six, it's like, okay, you might last two days with that consciousness, but if you're not a spiritual man, it's not yeah. going to last. And you're going to get frustrated at your wife next time. She says, yeah, right you know? but spiritual men, they always are conscious of the spiritual realm. And they're always conscious that it's not just the flesh that I, that is there. There's actually something behind it. And there's a war that needs to be waged. And the same thing with other Christians. It's like, this is my brother in Christ. He believes that, you know, Christ will come prior to the millennial reign. And that is just wrong or vice versa. <laughs> it, but it's like, you know, like, am I going to create a new church yeah. or, you know, but the Bible commands that we need to be built up together in spirit, Ephesians 2, 2, yeah. 22. So if I'm a spiritual man, then I recognize this is my brother in Christ, my dear brother. I, I love him because in my spirit is the love of God, which has been poured in there. And so I'm, I love him and I need to be built up together with him. And so actually I'm not going to make an issue out of this because each one should be convinced in his own mind. Right. And I can have fellowship with him in the Lord and we don't have to be fighting because if we're, if we're fighting, even if I'm right, which I am right, (laughs) you know, like that's, I'm, I'm soulish though. And God doesn't care if I'm right. It's like, that's the point. It's like, it's not about being right and it's not about being powerful. It's about being spiritual. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I've never I've never been in an argument and wanted to be wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> for sure. I've yeah. I've also never argued with anyone while I was praying with them. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that that's just been <laughs> yeah. my experience. If I've ever had a disagreement with someone and somehow by the grace of God we can get to prayer. It's just been yeah. such a sweet experience, really. If you know, not Amen. you know. Anyways, I think you get the point. But yeah, no, prayer is actually like the biggest key, I think, to being a spiritual man. Mm. It, it, you know, praying always in spirit is Ephesians six, right? And then Jude twenty, it's praying in the Holy Spirit. Like it's through our prayer to the Lord that we come to know the Spirit, because we're coming to our spirit to pray. Like the mind doesn't want to pray. The mind has a lot of other things to do. So you quiet your mind, you, you quiet your emotions and you set your will. I'm praying. Yeah. I'm standing against all the powers of darkness right now to get on my knees 
and have fellowship with God. Like that is the denial yeah. of the flesh, the denial yeah. of self. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a really good point actually you bring out. Um, well, we, I, we've gone way longer <laughs> yeah. than I expected to go. Yeah. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed it though. But... Yeah. Same here. I, I don't know what we should talk about next week. We, I guess we can talk after this, but um, yeah, I guess just, you know, we want everyone to know the spirit, you know, like this has been huge for my Christian life. I know it's mm-hmm. been big for yours. It's like the spirit of man is the key to the Christian experience. So this should be something that we're serious about and we can take an extra 15 minutes on the yeah. podcast. To Agreed. Talk about it, I guess. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, well, I enjoyed it. Uh, till next Until time. Next I guess. everyone thanks for tuning in again to what does the bible say about that hope you enjoyed this uh, episode if you want to stay up to date for future episodes or um, see some content that we release you can follow us on instagram our username is the bible podcast Uh, like us follow us um, shoot us a message slide into the dms we'd love to get any feedback at all from you um, on how we can improve or new topics that you'd want to hear or, or even any questions So thanks for tuning in. Um, We'll be releasing another episode soon. I can't wait for that. Looking forward to hearing from you guys.